0: Welcome back to Thrive. Do you feel like you're a creative person? If not, what would you say if I told you that we are all, in fact, inherently creative people and you just have to ask the right question to get your creative juices flowing? Rose Gabler was named one of the top 20 female entrepreneurs to look for in 2021, and she authored the book, The Creativity Gene. She's with us on Thrive today to spill the beans on creative success what it takes, what it looks like, and how to make it happen. We talk about actionable intention setting, embracing vulnerability in the creative process, ways to spark your creativity if you're ever feeling less than inspired, as well as breaking down her five discovered characteristics that directly contribute to creative success, and they might not be what you think. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And without further ado, welcome, Rose.
1: Hello. Hi, Erica.
0: Hey. <laughs> welcome to Thrive. I'm seriously so glad that you have reached out. Uh, hello. You were named one of the top 20 female entrepreneurs to look for in
1: 2021. So congratulations. You. It's so exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited to be able to chat with you. Your podcast is just so inspirational and has so much value to share. So I am very honored to be
0: here. Oh my gosh, you're too sweet. Well, okay. So from the title of this episode, I'm sure people can assume that you are a creative genius. Uh, And you also wrote the best selling book, The Creativity Gene. So really cool, really interesting and unique topic, I think today, which I'm excited about. But tell us, more about you before we dive into all
1: things creativity sure yeah so um I had a very interesting introduction to creativity where my uh my so my grandfather he actually owned the largest of funeral homes in the midwest and when he turned 40 he was told that he had a rare type of leukemia and that he was going to die within months And he decided that if he was going to live through that disease, that he would sell his funeral home business and start painting for peace, hope, and love. And my grandma said, you've not only lost your health, you've lost your mind. (laughs) So he, um, but he uh, decided to continue with that. And he went and got a second opinion at the Mayo Clinic. And they said, you don't have cancer, you have mono. So he sold all of his funeral homes and started painting for peace, hope, and love. So I came from a background where business was literally like associated with death and creativity and art was associated with life. So um, I always had a difficult time trying to really connect the two of business and creativity. I was always kind of just trying to be within one of those realms. Um, So This was a very um, interesting research project that I did that led to the creativity gene, where I interviewed hundreds of people from different industries to find out what creativity meant to them and how they could apply it. And I found a whole wide range of answers that basically told me we have no idea what creativity really is, but we all have this like overarching knowledge about what is expected of creativity. So um, I went through this phase of redefining it in a way that can we, we can make it actionable to help us achieve our goals and bring together business and creativity. It's
0: so beyond cool. I can't wait to hear more about this. But also, how the heck did doctors mess up leukemia
1: versus mono? Is that a common oh, thing that people mess right? up? or? <laughs> no, this is like, I don't know. Well, he lived to be 80, and he died in 2012. So it was like in the... 80s or something when he was diagnosed so they might have just not had the correct resources to discover what it was yeah. at the time so um but yeah he uh, outlived all of his doctors he was very proud of that <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah and he continued on his journey I'm focusing on how to make life just like better and better so it was That's a huge incredible. inspiration to me that's mm-hmm. incredible.
0: So do you think that you were always a more creative person or do you think it kind of developed over time because of being surrounded by creative people and having creative family?
1: Right. I am, um, you know, it's kind of a mix for me. I feel like because everybody is creative. As a human, you're born creative. It's how we've evolved so far. Um, but I didn't really understand what my unique creative strengths were until I was researching and really honing in my creative abilities through writing this book it's where I really discovered how transformational creativity can be um, and how, how we each have our own unique ability to produce new results which is my definition of creativity and like we can all really change our lives and the lives of others in a positive way by honing in on that creative strength.
0: That's really interesting that you said that because I feel like we all have, or not we all, but a lot of people have this idea or this notion of creative people being a certain way or looking a certain way, acting a certain way, being kind of like the eccentric Mm -hmm. Picassos of the world where you're just naturally gifted with some sort Mm -hmm. of, you know, vision to paint or to do whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that you just worded it as we all have specific creative strengths. So can, what do you mean by that? Can you dive into that a little bit more? Like what are Mm -hmm. creative strengths that people might be able to tap into or start to recognize in their own lives? If they're not someone who's sitting there thinking I'm a creative person.
1: Right. And that's, that's where the beauty of this comes in because um, like, for example, I interviewed an accountant and when I asked him if he was creative, he said, if I'm creative in my job, I go to jail and yeah. <laughs> he's also a professor so he so he um but we like through discussing his teaching we realized that he was actually connecting his teaching style to music which was a really interesting way of bringing two things together that don't seem to have any connection whatsoever um like accounting and music um but that's the, the other beauty about it is um like, we all have our own unique creative strengths. And whether that's problem solving or making a a process more efficient, or um, if you want to go down the traditionally, like artistic realm, I mean, art and music, of course, but also scientists have to be incredibly creative. um, Because, you know, the more questions that we ask, the more we're able to create new responses. And so if you can just look around your life today and ask questions like, how can I make this better? How can I enjoy this more? What more can I do? Your mind automatically starts to come up with different creative responses because you're seeking out different options. And really creativity is about looking at things from different perspectives, you know? So being able to build upon that in areas of your life that you enjoy the most, like cooking, organizing, um, different workouts or anything like that like you can literally apply to almost any area of your of your life and the more you find a connection with something that i think is where your creative strengths really lie that's
0: so cool and so true so if you if someone wants to become more creative do you think the starting do you think that the starting line is just forcing yourself to think of things in a different way or is there some sort of process that you that you recommend people kind of try to adopt to train themselves to think more creatively in everyday life, whether that's, like you said, cooking or organizing or something that is more traditionally artistic or whatever the case might be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, what I recommend is if somebody doesn't think they're creative at all and you're going into this and you're wanting to be more creative, I ask the question, okay, give me your first example of creativity. And the first example that comes to your mind, um, go and do it. Because if you are wanting to be more creative and your mind already associates that activity with creativity, then by you doing it, your mind will begin to associate you with the fact like, hey, I am creative. I can do this. Like, let me keep going and trying new creative things. And the more that you try new things, the more it will open you up to the possible creative avenues that you, that you possess.
0: That's really, really smart. I feel like I also saw you mentioned somewhere, maybe on your website or something just about asking the question, how and how, cause like you said, problem solving in and of mm-hmm. itself is a very creative process. So if you're pushing yourself to think, okay, well, how can I do this differently? Or how can I do this at all? And you're forcing yourself to think of different options, that that is a natural creative process. Um, but I think I saw you tie, tie Mm -hmm. this somewhere to, um, intention setting and more specifically like actionable intention Mm -hmm. setting. So can you walk us through some examples of maybe turning Mm -hmm. an intention into something that is an action oriented intention and really like what that looks like for people who are more, um, who need that logical example of, okay, go from this to this. And that's kind of how literally how (laughs) the process begins.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I totally um, believe in that, that how that one word question is the most creative question because it does, it opens you up to so many opportunities to produce results. And so um, by making these how questions actionable, we're able to really make a strategy for becoming more creative and for implementing our creativity. So, for example, um, like let's go with the blogs because I um I struggle with like keeping my blog schedule straight, and like I, it's something I love to do. I just like I I post on different days and different weeks and stuff like that. So it's um made it uh one of my main focuses in my actionable intention setting. Where okay, if my goal is to post a certain amount of blogs, maybe we'll say like four blogs a month you break it down into how does how can I make that happen? Well, like, what's the best way for me to make time for it? When is the best time for me to make time for it? Like all these other questions continue to pop up where you can get into the nitty gritty of the detail of your goal, of your creative goal. And by breaking it down into steps and making those steps actionable, like, okay, I will set uh, this time to write, I will, make this effort I will write this many words I will write this and um, then in order to post four times a month and be more consistent um, that is how I think that intention setting can be made actionable whereas the intention isn't necessarily like I want to post four blogs it's I want to provide value to people four times a month how can I do that And so, um, then by taking it and applying it to my blog specifically, that's how I think you can break it down and make it more of an actionable intention so that it also stays with you more. I mean, how many intentions do we set a year, like new year's intentions and stuff like that, that we lose in like a week, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like when you have the time to really break it down and acknowledge what pieces and parts of this goal that you want to achieve, that's when I think that the actionability of your creativity can really make a difference. And Mm -hmm. it can, it it will, it will transform you. The the more you dedicate yourself to your creativity, it will totally and positively transform you.
0: I like that you mentioned also the goal being bringing value to people and not just hitting publish on something because that in and of itself gives room for creative freedom Mm -hmm. because now like if someone is, is Mm -hmm. so hell bent on, it has to be the blog. It has to be the blog. Well, if something isn't working with the blog, you're Mm -hmm. not achieving your end goal of bringing value to people and you're not actually doing anything. So it gives you that freedom for, okay, if the goal is to bring the value and the blog isn't working, how else can Mm. I bring the value to people, which I think is really important, especially like with how social media algorithms are nowadays, or just with how, how the Mm. online landscape is, if you're so hell bent on the means, it doesn't actually give you the freedom Mm. to play to reach the end goal. So I think that that's a really uh, important thing that you just touched on.
1: Um, Yeah, no, because I also think that what, like how you're saying you're like, okay i need to get four blogs out no matter what it's like is the content really going to make a difference or are you just posting for posting sake so i agree with that and that's why i think it's important to understand where your values and your intentions are derived from um so by really honing in and like spending time reflecting on what questions are important to you and your audience and how you can actually help that that i think is where um the intentions should definitely begin when you're wanting to act on them.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel like too being creative can feel really vulnerable for some people because it can feel very freeform, very abstract, subjective to basically like more logical or analytical data driven, objective minds probably freak out at this thought. So I would love to hear if you have any tips, for becoming un- becoming more comfortable in that uncomfortable, vulnerable state to really like open yourself up to more creative potential that like you said, that we all have in there in some way, shape or form.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, vulnerability is actually a huge part of being creative, because when you are being creative, and you're doing something new and different, you are putting something out there for the world. And um, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to be scared. I think that's something that we need to accept is that it's just part of the process of creativity. Um, but there are different ways that I think you can overcome those anxieties and those fears of vulnerability. Um, and one is by yeah, doing the act, you don't have to share it with the world, but just by doing it for yourself, you're gonna feel more confident in your ability to produce create creatively. Um, and then the second one would be to expand upon why you are feeling these anxieties to begin with. Is it an outward like anxiety or is it an inward anxiety? Is it, um, about your community or, um, you know, what, what is really causing that anxiety for you? Because as everybody knows in creativity, you, you have to, like I said, try new things. You have to put yourself out there and experiment and it's part, it's part of the creative process. And so I, I think that if people can accept the fact that that trying new things being vulnerable not having the answers to all of the questions as being a like an actual it's a fact it's part of the creative process that they can begin to accept their place of vulnerability in it and move on from it um, and learn from it and grow from it and it, it's just going to continue to make you better but it is a main risk that needs to be taken and it's not like okay, I'm creative once, like I'm vulnerable once, so I have to do it again. Yes, you have to do it again. You have to do it every single time. You have to be open to it. So, um, and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And you would, and it's only going to continue to fuel your creative drive even more. And the more comfortable you get with vulnerability, the more it can actually fuel your personal development.
0: Mm -hmm. I also think you touched on something really important In that people can create just for themselves for the sake of creating, and you don't actually have to show the world Mm -hmm. right away. And I feel like that's so lost, maybe in today's day and age because of social media. Like the idea of creation has turned into okay, you create something and you hit publish, and like thousands of people see it right away.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that can feel really intimidating for people. (laughs) So I feel like being able to break it down and just okay, you actually just enjoy the process of painting, awesome just do it in the the confines of your house or like you love cooking, do it in your kitchen just for you. And you are the sole, Mm -hmm. the sole taste tester, like breaking things down where you're not actually needing to create for the masses or to create for public consumption at first or at all. It can literally Mm -hmm. just be creating for the sake of creating. And that's okay.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And like, that's, yeah, a totally uh, just a response to our society today. The fact that we feel like we have to show our creativity in order to be creative and it's just simply not the case um and i feel that actually creativity is incredibly healing the more you do it for yourself like the more you can put yourself in new positions and to try new things it builds your confidence it builds your self-esteem it builds your happiness there are just so many positive benefits to actively like expressing your creativity just for yourself, even if it's journaling, if it's singing in the shower, whatever it may be, um, like it can definitely have so many positive benefits. And I think that is such an undervalued resource that we all have at our disposal.
0: Yeah. So I know also in your book, The Creativity Gene, you break down five characteristics or factors that directly Mm -hmm. contribute to creative success. So can you give us like the cliff notes version of what what those are for people mm-hmm. who are like, all right, what do, what do we need here? What's the secret sauce yeah. to, to creative success?
1: Yeah. So basically what happened was during my research and all my interviews for creativity, um, every single person had a different definition for creativity, which I thought was really interesting because I expected a few overlapping definitions, but not one, not no two definitions were the same, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but what was the same were the five different elements of where we derive our creativity from and how if we hone in on those aspects and we really understand how they empower our creativity, that's how we can use it to fuel our success personally or professionally. So the first one is understanding how your life experience impacts your creativity um, because we all come from different backgrounds and so we all have different values and we all have different likes and dislikes. So understanding what areas of your life experience have contributed to your creative growth is one. The second is your expertise, what you choose to professionally hone and your, and your professional skills. The third is your environment. Is your environment going to stifle your creativity or is it going to inspire it? And then the next is flexibility, because as we know with creativity, you have to experiment, you have to be willing to try new things and um, putting yourself like out there in different ways and so you have to go with the flow and you have to understand that the good and the bad are both part of the process and then your grit because creativity is not magic it's a muscle it's something that you have Mm -hmm. to work in order to really understand in order to really empower and express it's not just like one day I'm uh, like one day I'm creative the next day I'm not no it's like you're the more you work at honing this skill, the more you work at empowering your unique creative abilities, the stronger it gets. Um, and I think that those five main aspects really contribute to optimal creative growth and development and can then be empowered to use in different areas of your life. So um, those are the five traits. Um, there's a lot more that goes into each of them, obviously, but um <laughs> But it isn't. But yeah, when I, it's called the creativity gene, it is not scientific whatsoever. <laughs> I, had, I have no background in science. I am like <laughs> it's just because genes are within all of us. And it's something that connects us all as humans. And creativity is another one of those aspects of our being that connects us and unites us to be able to continue to evolve and grow and learn from one another.
0: Mm hmm. I know you said it's not scientific, but have you found that there is some sort of genetic element to creativity? Or do you think it's just like across the board? Does it, is it something where that ties into your environment or your upbringing, where it kind of is tied to your creative success because it influences your, creati- your creativity, but we all have that somewhere deep down in us that is harnessable, so to speak?
1: Yeah, both. Um, there is actually a lot of research out right now suggesting that there is actually a creative gene um, I am not part of any of those studies though <laughs> but there but that it is part of our makeup it is part of who we are and we do receive our you know like our curiosity strengths and everything from how our parents are um, and through their genes as well so I think it definitely boils down to your genes in some form or another um and then it's also nature versus nurture type of thing whereas like if your family believes in like empowering that creative mindset and if your school does if your work does like it helps you to be able to empower your creativity for sure um but you know there are so many myths out there about creativity and one of my favorite ones is that um creativity is only for right or left left-handed right-brain people, you know, and that's just not the case. There's also a lot of studies on this topic as well suggesting that you need both sides of your brain because creativity is also logical in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um so it's really both sides of your brain working together. So it doesn't matter what hand you're writing with or anything like that. There's a lot of really interesting research about creativity that's happening right now that really just showcases that the connectivity of it between all of us as humans.
0: That's so fascinating. So now I have to know what is your favorite creative outlet for yourself?
1: Yeah. You know, I like, I love this question because I have, I feel like I have like so many different creative outlets that it's so hard to choose. And like, <laughs> I've wrote a book. So like, obviously I like to write, Right, <laughs> um, but Um, I wouldn't say that I necessarily use it as like my personal creative outlet all the time. Sometimes I'll journal, but I like to keep my experience with writing pure as possible for the value purpose of it. Um, So, I mean, I'm a complete weirdo. (laughs) Like I talk in strange voices all the time and I'm always singing and, you know, I sing in those random voices too. (laughs) It's like, so like if I'm really feeling like I need a creative outlet, give me any song that I know like all the words to and I'll just like belt it out and I'll enjoy the crap out of it and it just like fuels me so much and gets the fire going for like creative creative strength like in order for me to really get into writing I feel like I have to sing first (laughs) like I have to I love that get out my creativity in this in a different way before I can share it with other people you know.
0: Yeah, it's okay. So I won't peer pressure you to do this, but like I have to know what (laughs) your favorite weird voices are because I also will do like weird voices, and so will my husband. So now I have to know like what are your weird voices that are your favorites?
1: Well, I mean, my favorite is probably. um, Well, my husband is British, so I'm always mimicking his accent, and I do it horribly. I can't do it very well. (laughs) No, it's good. He's always telling me to stop it. But I don't, I don't stop it. And, um, oh, right. He's actually from, I don't know if you've seen the movie Hot Fuzz. Um, It's like a comedy movie, but that town where he, where they um, are filming it in, everybody talks kind of like they do in that movie. And um, which is like very difficult to understand. And um, that's where his family is from originally. So like, It's really, it's really interesting um, to try to mimic his accent because it's like a mixture of like posh British, like London talk and this like out of in in the middle of nowhere British language. It's so funny. It's such a weird combination. But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's probably one of my favorites.
0: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Do you have, um, do you have any personal favorite creative exercises if you are ever feeling less than inspired and you're like, okay, I have to create something, but I'm like, not really feeling motivated. Do Do you have like anything that you kind of do to get yourself more motivated?
1: Yes. I, um, love mind maps. Um, I don't know if you've ever done a mind map before, but, um, I start out a mind map by just like, writing down random words that I'm, especially like for my blogs, words that I'm trying to associate with creativity. Um, And so I'll just like write down different words, alignment, vulnerability, risk, uh, success, um, curiosity, which is what I just wrote my newest blog on. Um, And then I write just like, I just rewrite about what that curiosity means to me and creativity and how they can connect and the more that i just free write about it the more i realize that there is like there there's the deep connection between those words um and then by taking that i can then make a mind map basically like just making different lines sprouting out from it about different um ideas and connections that can then be like further developed so um then that is usually how i create my my blog schedule for a month as well it's like okay well curiosity and creativity they do this and then like if you put those together it can also then um help you achieve alignment with your creativity because you're asking more questions you're doing more so my next blog will be on alignment and creativity um and then what will alignment and creativity do well it will help you feel more successful and so what can success and creativity do together well it can make you feel more confident or you know, so um, it's it's really just kind of like a zigzag then. It's like a mishmash of all these different words, but words ha- are so powerful. And I feel that the more time I spend just kind of playing with them and having fun with them, I think that's another really important aspect about creativity that needs to be uh, empowered more is to have fun with it. Um, the more like true value I feel like I can provide because it's like a positive message. It's done in a loving and like happy, fun way. And it's going to ultimately produce a new response to something like some question that has already been posed, you know? Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's such a cool process. And it makes so much sense too because as you were saying all that, the first thing that I thought of was it's not this linear thing. Like you are allowed to put Mm -hmm. some, some ideas or some something out there and then figure out something that comes before it or something that goes Mm -hmm. next to it or whatever. Like whether that's writing or whether that's something else entirely, it's not like it's this, that's the beauty in it. Like, it's not like it is this step one, step two, step three, logical linear process. So the fact that you said, no, it's a zigzag it I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, that's exactly the visual that I had in my head where you have the freedom and the flexibility to just let things flow and then piece it together as you go. And that's literally kind of the whole point.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I want to close out by asking you what I ask everyone who comes on Thrive and that is what does Thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life?
1: Thriving to me. Oh, I love this question. I love all the answers that you've gotten to it, but (laughs) um, for me, I like, I began this journey with creativity after a really deep and dark depression actually. And like was completely lost. And I found that creativity has actually been like my saving grace it's given me the ability to be flexible and to like remain strong and work hard and even in times where I was emotionally not there um and so I feel like the creativity gene while it is like a book on success it's also a book about the transformational powers of creativity and how it can help empower you and make you the best creative that you can be in order to help others and so I feel like if, like, thriving for me, well, like, it it was awesome to be named one of the, like, top female entrepreneurs of 2021. That was amazing. But really, it, it thriving for me is knowing that the creativity gene is out there right now. And it can help you find out different ways to empower your creativity to hopefully help others by utilizing your unique strengths that nobody else has. And, um so that's what it means. That's that's really what thriving means to me is I'm trying to build a community of creators in every different industry who want to do more and be better. And um, so thank you for letting me thrive with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, I'm so happy that you reached out and connected. Tell everybody where they can find you online if they want to connect with you more. And of course, if they want to grab a copy of the Creativity Gene.
1: Sure. The book is available on Amazon. It's uh, ebook or paperback. And um, on Instagram, I am at the Creativity Gene, and my website is rosegabler.com.